Drunk Mythology Friends. I'm Kay. I'm Jen. And I'm the other Jen. And we're the Drunk, Drunk Mythology, Mythology Gal. Gals. Gals. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting better at. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think <laughs> now that I'm back, you two are having it. It's more fun to listen to you two try to out Ravenclaw each other. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Whatever whatever makes you happy. You know, it's not always about me. I mean, most of the time, yes, but not always. Uh, okay. Mm. So. All righty. Uh, real quick, shall we yes. uh, discuss our offerings to Odin? Um, I can go first. Yeah. Mine's pretty short and sweet. I, Sounds good. I suffered through a tedious tax task this morning. Do you mm-hmm. think Odin cares about tedious is there tax any tasks? Odin likes your suffering. So. Is there, there any tax task that isn't tedious? Um, no. Well, printing. <laughs> Once you're done and you hit print. <laughs> Um, although that can be tedious as well if you have to print in duplicate and you got to collate and make sure that you're not double siding on certain tax forms. Oh my God, my ADD is like twitching. Sometimes it's okay to double side. Sometimes it's not. Are you just oh dealing with the state or the feds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So every step of the way is tedious. Yeah. There you go. And some and people do I, it for a goddamn career. Yeah, and then I yeah. rewarded myself with a dairy-free PSL. So nod to Odin, you know, hey, pumpkin, it's you know, cool, cooler climates. Pumpkins like that. I'm they, sure he likes a PSL. Um, I'm going to defer to OG on this one. <laughs> I don't know what Odin likes. Clearly, uh, yeah. So I will practice. offer up to Odin. <laughs> this past week because as our listeners know I was not around last week because uh we record on Wednesdays and Tuesday afternoon my beloved husband uh accidentally cut his thumb off with a table saw and uh we it, it was a minor series of miracles um he like kept cool i mean he was like so cool calm and collected he's like he turned off the saw dragged it into the garage shut the garage door came inside you know grabbed a bag of ice put his thumb in the bag of ice and then said honey i need you to drive me to the er i just cut my thumb off and i said i'll get my keys oh my gosh (laughs) and literally we have um long beach memorial you know five minutes from our house if that much. And they just happened to have a hand surgeon Mm -hmm. on site. And he just happened to be not in the middle of a surgery and they had an open OR. That's great. And so it was 90 minutes from accident to operating room, which, you know, when that's when you're, yeah, when you're, and when you're dealing with, you know, trying to potentially reattach something that has been amputated, uh, you've got to, you know, speed is of the essence. Yeah. So, yeah. 
uh, it was a really long surgery. It was like eight hours. <laughs> and um, I got a call around one o'clock in the morning from the surgeon. And he's like, yeah, we managed to get the thumb back on. Um, there was only one artery they could save to, and that artery has to like pump all the blood into the, you know, reattached part of the thumb to get the tissue working again. And he's like, eh, I give it about a 30% chance of succeeding. So Yowza. yeah, we're not out of the woods yet, but, um, Eric did come home yesterday and <laughs> I'm just like, Ooh, my body after all the stress, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like really <laughs> tired. But yeah. the fascinating part, and this is the answer to the weird digression into leech therapy yes. that you did uh, last week. We is, hinted at it. <laughs> yeah. So they use leeches to revascularize amputated fingers mm-hmm. and limbs wherever and they can. That's and just crazy. It's freaky. Yeah. I mean, by this point, Eric and I are pretty much certified leech therapists. <laughs> yeah. Did they come with you? Uh, no, there is no home-based leech therapy. Okay. I offer, but they're like, nah, nah. But Does he have to go back for outpatient leech therapy? Not that I know of. He has to go in um, tomorrow to the surgeon to, you know, take a look at the thumb and get it um, rebandaged. So, okay. you know, he came home with a, a, a different, like more industrial strength dressing on his thumb right now mm-hmm. than he had in the hospital. I, but basically the leeches, uh, they have a vasodilation enzyme and an anticoagulant that they secrete that is like literally better than any drug that we can come up with. Wow. And they draw the blood up through, you know, all, you know, they almost like encourage like new little capillaries and things to form because they're drawing all the blood through the thumb. Wow. And they are little temperamental prima donnas. (laughs) They fall asleep in the middle of feeding. So you have to take a Q-tip and like gently pet them. And massage them and get them to wake up. <laughs> Sometimes they'll latch on and then they won't feed. And, you know, then you have to try and get them to a different place or they'll latch on to the wrong part of the thumb. And uh, so you have to use like just a little tiny, tiny drop of alcohol to like get them to detach. And finally, you know, they, they can be very stubborn about coming out of the bottle because they're, they come in these bottles of sterile water. Um, Uh and you know, we've had to like shake the bottles, bang them against the wall, (laughs) dig in there with like these long swab sticks to try and get the leeches out. Oh my. And one of them escaped. (gasps) And is out on the loose in the hospital somewhere. I, I actually oddly saw a TikTok before this happened to you of 
someone getting leech therapy in a hospital. And it was a TikTok of uh, their leech escaping. And there was a trail of blood across the whole room. Oh, so my find word. It. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one escaped before he or she or it even got the blood. Because apparently they're hermaphroditic. Mm-hmm. And okay. they also... Ha- they're segmented like worms, so each of their segments has its own little nervous system. Mm. It's crazy. And then, you know, they can't reuse them, so they drop them in alcohol in the end and kill them. So it's like literally oh every time God. they feast, it's a last supper. <gasps> so Eric and I were like, we don't need this karma on our hands. So we would always like thank them for their service. <laughs> going Marie Kondo, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I mean, I feel bad. Like, Jesus, you know, yeah. we need to, we need them to save his thumb, but I feel horrible that they have to die. Yeah. I guess it's because of sanitary reasons. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, exactly. But, um, it's. But still, you think they could release them into the wild? Uh, you know, <laughs> there's the LA river. <laughs> Not that there's a whole lot of river flowing down it, but you know. Anyway, so I'm offering uh, leech therapy and lots of blood and gore. That's quite That's quite the what offering. Odin likes uh, Odin. Yeah. I think uh, I'm just. I get a feeling Odin is happy with the amount of literal blood and gore I've had to deal so. with the past week. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so that's my offering. So, yeah, then I guess my offering is just more suffering because my computer's just completely gone crazy. <laughs> so that's resulted in me needing a new laptop. And oh so we got a new laptop, and which is great. Very grateful for that. Uh, spent many days putting all the new information on the laptop to find out that it is an old model of the laptop and not the new one that we thought we got. <gasps> so... One return later, now I have to wait four months and have to do this whole process all over again. Four months? Four yeah. months? Oh, I'm sorry, not four, four weeks. Oh, My okay. My brain's broken. Oh, sorry, not four but months. But still, four weeks. Four weeks. Still, okay. yeah. Yeah. We need to talk offline. Okay. We'll talk about... My, my husband is IT. He gets laptops delivered at the drop of a hat. Okay. We'll talk well, offline. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. We just gave that game away. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Yeah. So writing that note down, talk to OG. Yeah. And also it's, it's a new, the new model and it's like $300 less. Figure that one out. Well, they do run specials and things like that. It wasn't, it's just Apple being terrible. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he was on with them for a long time. Um, I'm sure they were not happy. (laughs) (laughs) He really let him know, let them know how he felt about that. (laughs) Oh, that's, uh, I've never exactly seen Rafi like let loose. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's very calm and to the point, but I mean, so again, but it's like, it's like a a snapping turtle. So it's it's just like like didactic chomp. And like that's it, and he will not let go. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably like very precise and didactic, yes. and yeah, and repetitive, and repeats it until he like wears you down until you give him what he wants. <laughs> he sounds l- kind of like Darcy. 
Uh, yeah, but less loud. Like I said, the snapping turtle just okay pain and latches on and won't let go <laughs> until he is satisfied. There you and go. It's yeah, yeah, definitely not a temperamental leech. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my goodness! So oh. yeah, this is okay. this is. I say this every episode, but it's going to be one of those episodes. Is <laughs> it is? It is. Do we move on to drinks now? I'm I'm scrolling the notes. Did I well, miss anything? I was actually just going to introduce the topic because okay. I know we we actually did our offerings, but now um, oh right. So this yeah. episode is coming out um, the first week of November, which is Norse Vember. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Jen and I talked about that last week. That's right. And so <laughs> Old even, news, Kate. <laughs> yeah, we already covered this. You know, I'm just trying to get back into it here. <laughs> did you even listen to our episode last I week? I did. I cackled all the way to the clinic yesterday listening to it in like rush hour traffic. <laughs> so, What was your favorite part? Um... I think every time you trolled me was really my favorite part. Because <laughs> I'm like, fuck, at least they're thinking about me. <laughs> but you know that since you were like, oh, it's going to be a Professor Kate thing. It is so going to be a Professor Kate thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a Professor Kate episode on, well, it's my little contribution to Norse-vember. See, I'm trying to be nice. Uh-huh. Is uh-huh. that what we're calling it? <laughs> yes, that's what we're calling it. Because I'm going to be doing an episode on ravens <gasps> or corvids, not COVID, corvids, the bird family. Okay. Because yeah. if I remember right, Odin has two little raven buddies, yeah, Hugin and Munin or Hugger yeah. and Mugger. Hugin <laughs> and Munin, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they belong to the corvid family. And I came across an article and I just, I went down a rabbit hole or a raven hole and (laughs) I found some pretty freaky nifted tidbits that just kind of blow your mind about how accurate it is to call them thought and memory. So. Oh, is that what those names mean? Yeah, it is. Yep. And and, and in the myths, Odin says that like, you know, he's always afraid for them when they go out every day, if they'll come back, but he fears more for memory. Oh, okay. well, ha- save that for questions and shit, because I yeah. have questions. Oh, well, oh, I mean, that's really the whole fact, but yeah. Well, just... <laughs> we'll save it. We'll, yeah. We can dissect that in the in the questions and shit section. Yeah. Because that, uh, yeah, my brain wants to wrap around that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kate, you go write it down as I start talking about what I'm drinking. All right. I got the good shit today. I got the zeer. That's oh, right. Oh, girl. No water. Go. We got... Ice cubes in the Yeti. Nice. Zier, the good shit. Because, yeah, it's... Because I accomplished a tedious tax task this morning. And you can still say that after (laughs) Zier. I'm not too deep in the cup yet. Try me again at the end of the episode. Okay. (laughs) All right, Jen, what are you drinking? Um, I have some uh, rose hip tea with honey. Okay. We've talked about this tea before. We talked about, I think we did, but mostly we talked about the linden tea. Oh, okay, right. Okay. And this is different. So this is like from the, I guess it's it's from roses. So like the little rose, yeah, rose hip. It's it's red. 
It's kind of tart. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. It's very good. It has lots of vitamin C. Uh-huh. Are you fighting mm-hmm. something off? Uh, I think it's just the allergies again. So I just feel like a bit like clogged up in my sinuses. So that's why I'm drinking. Uh, you know, I only drink this if I like feel like I have to. Yeah. Like <laughs> you don't drink tea unless you, you're like, no, I'm exactly. sick. Yeah. No, otherwise I'm fine. I just want to make sure I'm just like trying to make sure I'm preventing, you know, I just feel uh, like everything gets gunked up. Yeah. Like yeah. my ears, like that's what's so, that's why I'm trying to just drink. Yeah. Gotcha. We have the fall allergy pollen. Yeah. It's, it's not like the springtime cloud yeah. of yellow, but the fall season yeah. still has a whole pollen and allergy impact as well. Well, yeah. we, and- this is our rainy season, so we get rain, and so all the dry stuff suddenly like sprouts mold out in oh, nature. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And what are you drinking to combat that? <laughs> uh, I'm not drinking shit to combat that. I am just drinking straight up coffee and Kahlua. Okay. Because <laughs> I need the up and the chill. I get it. So, yep. There you go. Well, I'm, we're going grocery shopping after this. Sam's driving, obviously, but I'm going to be fun at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, look what I can do with two cantaloupes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise. We need 10 bags of candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> Half of them are going to Odin anyway. <laughs> you can get the blue eggs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh Jen and I were talking about blue eggs this morning. <laughs> Back there, gonna... you guys keep talking. I'm going to add that to the grocery list yeah, right you should. now. They're really good. I'm writing it down. Blue need... eggs. Yeah, you need the blue eggs, Kate. <laughs> Are those chocolate eggs? No, they're nope. they're they're actual eggs, but they're blue, and they're really good. I have never seen them. It's oh. the brand's called Happy Eggs, and they're from like their heritage chickens. Like it's a special chicken like breed, and they make uh, blue and uh, some like dark brown eggs. And so you get a, a carton, and there are like six blue ones and six brown ones. And the yolk is like deeper, and it tastes much more creamy. It reminds me of like the eggs in Switzerland, which makes me sound even more pretentious. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> but I highly recommend them. Okay, so. I'll, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to like look around because I, I don't see them usually around here, but I'll it's called, the, the brand is Happy Eggs. Okay. So Publix well, has I, them. You know, I've been going to H Mart, the Korean market lately, so mm-hmm. I, I can get I, duck's eggs, quail's eggs. Like I can get all kinds of like, well, s- like weird, rare eggs, but I haven't yeah. seen blue eggs. But I'm yeah, okay. not impressed unless they're blue. Yeah. Yeah. See, OG yeah, and I, we both shop at Publix and yeah. So- yeah, I'll be looking for the blue eggs this afternoon. Okay. This evening. All right. mm-hmm. Fine. Let me know if you find them. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Add that to the not to scale photos to share for the episode. Oh, I already wrote that down. Yeah. Links okay. to happy eggs and pictures. It's written down. <laughs> there we go. Maybe. Hey, happy eggs. If you're out there, we're looking for a sponsor. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jen. Uh... Get this disclaimer over with. <laughs> yeah, do not drink and drive. Cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, uh, I guess blue eggs. Heritage chickens. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Table saws. <laughs> or leeches. <laughs> Runaway leeches. Exactly. Leeches <laughs> on the lamb. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's get started. A long time ago, 
when the world was young. Okay, so I'm just going to go over a couple of basic facts about the Corvid bird family. Mm -hmm. Um, Basic facts with this being a 10-page document. It's indented (laughs) in outline form. There's like it is. It is. There's a but the problem is you don't space. you don't thirty five percent white space on the page. Yeah, okay? but the but the thing is like it's not like you're just like reading it straight. So then you start talking more and longer, so that each point becomes like six points. <laughs> She's got I you there. I am here for your edification. Okay. <laughs> I love. I didn't even let you take like two breaths. <laughs> anyway. So what are corvids? Not COVID. Corvid. They are a family of birds with crows, ravens, jackdaws, jays, magpies. There are actually 133 types of birds in this family. Thank you for not naming them all. I had no intention of naming them all because I couldn't pronounce most of them. Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) They are remarkably good at adapting to their environment. So they are literally found everywhere in the world, except for some reason, the tip of South America and the polar caps. I mean, polar caps, duh, but yeah. Too cold. Probably. That's why they're so smart. Um, Their brain to body mass ratio is equivalent to uh, cetaceans. Or which are dolphins and porpoises. I had to look that one up. Uh, okay. Apes. And it's just a barely less than the human brain to body mass ratio. Interesting. And that ha- that's actually a really uh, key statistic in terms of the intelligence and ability and developmental ability of, you know, an animal. Right. So uh, I mean, we've known that dolphins are smart. And mm-hmm. apes are smart. We've yep. seen this for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first fossil evidence we have so far is uh, 17 million years ago in the Miocene era. Who knew there was something called the Miocene era? <laughs> Whatever. 17 right? million years ago. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So the key characteristics of the Corvid family, they have big brains They are very social and live in complex social groups and communities with different types of relationships. They are really good at tool making. Who knew? Um, They have the ability to recognize landmarks and shapes from memory. They are known for hiding food and thievery and raiding other uh, birds' hiding places for food. They have some degree of self-recognition, which we're going to come back to that one because that's big. Mm -hmm. Okay. They have empathy. They have displayed empathy and grief, at least in terms of the concept that humans um, define it. Mm -hmm. And they have a really long lifespan. Some crows and ravens can live up to 30 or 40 years. That's impressive. Wow. Wow. Um, the other intelligent birds that are almost equal to corvids are, I don't know how to say 
their scientific name, but it's basically the family that has parrots and cockatoos. Oh, come on. You wrote the name in the notes. I want to hear you take a stab at it. Cytosiformes. Cytosiformes? 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 Yeah. I just want to hear you try. Maybe? I don't know. Cytosiformes? Okay. Cytosiformes. I see we wasted like two minutes on this and I I was just I put that in there because it was a reference for me to remember that it's another bird family but whatever now we've been talking about it moving on (laughs) so uh why talk about corvids now well Okay, first of all, it's Norsevember, and I have no idea what to do for Norsevember because that's not my wheelhouse. Uh, but I do get Discover Magazine because it's literally science written in an accessible way for people like me who don't math. And they had an article about crows, and I was like, oh, you know, that'd be kind of interesting because of Norse mythology. And, you know, it, this is an episode with Professor Kate, Norse mythology, science. What's not to love about it? Don't answer that. <laughs> um, but if this was just like that crows are smart, I wouldn't have bothered because that's actually been established for a while. Right. But what was interesting about this article is it talked about a recently published study in science that says crows show signs of what's called a perceptual consciousness as well as the ability to draw on subjective experiences in order to solve a task. So at first I was like, you got to break that down for me. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, gobbledygook. Um, (laughs) So consciousness is a huge subject of debate. And even like in mythology, you know, trying to define consciousness is something that's involved with like creation stories and, you know, you know, the gods and awareness and all of that. But the closest to a generic definition that most disciplines agree on is sentience or awareness of an internal and external existence. So still needing that broken down a little more. So it's basically being aware of oneself and, you know, the sensation, like, attributing thoughts and sensations on the inside of your body to you as a being, and then also being aware of your surroundings and their impact on you as an individual. Oh, I have coworkers that don't meet that criteria. (laughs) Yeah. See, you know, like, am I about to learn about how I need to hire a crow or a raven instead of (laughs) some of these people I work with. (laughs) Probably. You probably need to do like a a test of some sort. (laughs) Do you feel this is hot? Do you have thoughts about it being hot? (laughs) But basically, yeah, like that's, that's the explanation in a nutshell. You know, put your hand on a hot stove. Oh, that's hot. And then, oh, I'm in pain. Like that's your internal and external awareness. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. 
So the problem is we actually haven't been able to pinpoint the precise uh, neurological mechanism of consciousness. Like we know uh, synapses and we, we know how certain parts of the brain work and certain bits of neurochemistry create little bits of the elements of awareness, but there's still no good peer-reviewed, widely accepted explanation of how thought and consciousness happen. So that's consciousness. Perceptual consciousness is our unique experience of the world. Like, you know, we look at a color, do you say it's salmon pink or coral? You know, Mm. we all perceive things slightly differently based on our subjective experiences in the world you mean some people see colors correctly and some people see colors wrong if that's how you want to go with it (laughs) go with it (laughs) kind of like how some people love kale and i feel like it tastes like somebody wiped their ass with a piece of lettuce there you go so people who can't tell the difference between maroon and burgundy are dead to me and plum add plum to that (laughs) OG is just like, I hate this. Get me out of here. (laughs) All right. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. So, but it's perceptual consciousness is how these individual experiences and ways of understanding the world define and affect our actions and decisions. Okay. So what does this mean for crows and ravens? It means that the birds keep new information and experiences and memories in the front of their brains for a long period of time, just like humans. Oh. And they use these memories and information to reason, navigate situations, and problem solve, just like humans. Again, my coworkers are failing at this. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think you might want to actually get them an fMRI that measures the prefrontal cortex, because (laughs) that's the part of the brain that does the higher cognitive tasks like problem solving, decision making, executive functions. Um, Because just like humans, it turns out crows have a really large forebrain, prefrontal cortex. Ah, okay. So the only other mammals we know of so far that exhibit this are apes and humans. Not some of the humans I work with. <laughs> Sorry, it's been it's been a few weeks of like idiocy rising to the surface with kind some of like people. a you know, yeah. pond scum rising to the surface. Yeah, yeah. It's been <laughs> rampant the past few weeks. So, yeah. Okay, sorry. Now, continuing on. <laughs> they make tools. They don't just use tools. They will literally make them. So, New Caledonian crows make probes and hooks to dig insects out of the grounds and trees ground and trees like they'll strip down a palm frond until the main part of the stem just resembles a j shape like a fish hook and in a lab setting they 
are given various, you know, choices of things to use. So they'll take a piece of wire and bend it into that J shape so they can grab the food. Wow. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. They also will use rocks to break open shells, nuts, things like that. Um, they found that there's this uh, these Japanese crows in uh, Sendai City. They have learned to crack nuts safely by dropping them into pedestrian crossings and waiting till the traffic light turns red. So they drop them into the pedestrian crossing, let the traffic go by, and then they wait till the light turns red to fly down and retrieve the nuts contents that have been crushed and cracked open by wow. the traffic driving over it. Can I drop a couple coworkers in those pedestrian crossings? <laughs> I think that should be the um, employment challenge. There you go. You have six walnuts and a traffic <laughs> intersection. What do you do? <laughs> what color is the light that you should wait for before going into the pedestrian crossing? <laughs> so um, they live in large, complex communities. So baby corvids have uh, one of the longest development periods before leaving the nest and becoming independent of their parents. I think it was something like seven to 10 weeks, which for a bird is a really long time. Apparently. Okay. I don't and know what normal time period would be, but I would imagine probably like two to three weeks. Okay. I mean, that's just a random guess, but sure. if seven to 10 weeks is seen is determined to be a really long time, then yeah, you know, kind of working backwards logically, hopefully. Um, many types of corvids will actually mate for life, and they work as a team not only to provide food, but to steal food. So one of them will like work as the lookout, and the other one, or they'll actually cause a distraction to draw the uh, other birds away from their guarding their food stash, and then the other crow will go and steal the food. So they've also found that closely related parents, so like, you know, say two crows are cousins, they'll help raise each other's young. Aww. Right? And baby corvids fucking play games. They have actually identified patterns of play in baby ravens and crows. They play oh. king of the mountain, oh. follow the leader, little, the manipulation, pass, passing, and balancing of sticks, kind of like Jenga. <laughs> oh. And they slide down smooth surfaces for fun. Oh, this is so cute. Are there right? videos of this? We have to find videos of this. Oh, yeah. Well, there there okay. are some. Um, they also, Corvids also pass a mirror test that they actually can recognize their appearance based on, you know, looking in a mirror and identifying, oh, I'm moving my head this way. The crow in the mirror is moving. That must be me. Oh, 
That's huge. Yeah. Like, you know, we've all seen dogs in the mirror trying to be like, who's that dog in the mirror? Right. And that's- Come here, let me kick your ass. That's a developmental milestone for infants as well. Exactly. So just like infants, they have the ability to recognize themselves in mirrors. Fascinating. Again, that goes to the prefrontal cortex experience- um, and awareness. Yeah. Now, uh, I remember how I said they have empathy and grief. Oh yeah. They have more fucking feelings than I do. <laughs> That's Corbett's not saying much. Have, uh, yes, it is. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Kate no, has lots of feelings. She just keeps them repressed. They're, they're Pretty just much. all Ex- exactly. rage. That's her emotion. Yeah. I mean, you know, the flip side of rage is complete, total breakdown. So, I mean, what do you want? You get one or the other. <laughs> so, um, ravens, crows, and like, they've done a lot of studies on magpies, actually. They have elaborate grieving rituals, like an actual funeral. They will weave little grass wreaths, kind of like how they will make a nest, but they'll take little bits of grass and sort of lay them in a wreath and then lay it by the, um, you know, they'll lay it by the body. They will take turns standing guard over the body. And then they'll, you know, the group of, you know, the community will all like proceed by and like just gently nudge with their beak, the dead bird in kind of a procession to say goodbye. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, corvids are really smart, amazing birds that are changing and challenging our notions of intelligence, consciousness, and frankly, survival potential. My money is now on the corvid. Yeah. We're making it through. Um, <laughs> I'll hire the one. <laughs> there you go. Uh now, unsurprisingly, because they're found all over the world, they're all over the world in mythology as well. Um, they, so yes, cue the accordion. The French anthropologist Claude Levi Strauss, I didn't even use an accent on it, but whatever, theorizes that ravens and coyotes share a role as like a mediator character between life and death. Um, partly because of their color, you know, they tend to be dark gray, black, you know, even magpies have, you know, more black than white on them. Um, they also eat carrion. Mm -hmm. What is carrion? Dead. Oh, meat. (gasps) Oh, like vultures. Yeah. Ew. Um, Okay. They are associated with prophecy because they are talking birds, like the caw, you know, it, it, um, they're just very loud and they have a wide variety of sounds and meanings with their little caws and whatever. But the really interesting thing I found, they've been identified as a trickster in mythology because of their cleverness. Makes sense. (laughs) Of course. So, 
there's one hell of a myth in uh, Greek mythology that explains the uh, raven's color. And um, yeah, it's, it, it's a horrible myth. And the poor crow is totally blamed for the wrong, you know, the gods have like a lot of issues with where they place blame. Of course. But basically uh, they're associated with Apollo because he's the god of prophecy. One of the things he does is prophecy and they are seen as harbingers of ill omen. Okay. And actually... If a a crow shows up or a raven shows up, then something bad is about to happen? Yeah. Okay. And I, I also know that like in you know, just from my mother's side of the family, that there's a lot of superstitions about crows and ravens and you don't want them around. Well, that's basically. interesting. Again, like with Odin, since he's more of like a god of death too. Mm-hmm. So he has, and a trickster, so it kind of right? uh, fits that association. Wow. Yeah. Now you also have Aesop's fables where the raven is always a clever character. You got to refresh um, my memory of... Aesop, like, yeah, I remember the name and I remember fables. Yeah, so he just wrote all these like little morality fables, right? And you know they always like the, have the hare and the tortoise. Isn't that yeah, a hare exactly. and the tortoise? Okay, mm-hmm. so I don't remember any with a raven. Yeah, they're not like the major ones, but they are okay. in there. All so righty. there are lots of raven mentions in the Bible. But they're also listed as a prohibited food by the law of Moses, probably because they're carrion eaters. Um, Although I don't know if you ever remember reading Little Town on the Prairie. Mom makes a blackbird pie from the blackbirds that Pa shoots who are trying to eat his corn crop. Oh, my goodness. I I, that I mean, Little House on the Prairie. Well, that's the series, but Little oh. Town on the Prairie is the actual book that it happens in. Oh, I didn't know this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I so, was not interested in the show, not interested in the books, not my jam. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I read the books and I thought they were, you know, I don't know. I, I liked the like descriptions of how they lived, not so much like the stories. Yeah. The um, whole thing was boring. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now in the Holy Quran, it was ravens that taught Cain how to bury Abel after having murdered him. Oh. Cain noticed two ravens, one dead and the other alive. The still living raven began digging the ground with its beak until a hole had been dug up in which it buried its dead mate. And Cain was like, oh. Oh, so that's how you do it. Seems like a good idea. Hide the evidence. Right? But, you know, again, that's kind of fascinating because it goes back to here's some evidence of, you know, of, you know, the mourning rituals that people were observing these birds doing even all the way back then. Wow. Um. I found little bits like in Swedish and German folklore, crows and ravens are the ghosts of murdered people without Christian burials or damned souls. Oh, Uh, you've probably heard Edgar Allan Poe, the raven. Oh, yeah. 
never more bitches <laughs> um alfred hitchcock the birds he made so oh, right in interviews about you know working with the birds i think they use like 3200 trained birds on the set of the movie it was weird trivia but he said um the ravens were clearly the smartest and easy to direct and the seagulls were the most vicious <laughs> yeah makes sense uh yeah we we've been attacked by seagulls it's mm -hmm. yeah so um then there's a lot of uh mythology around the tower of london and the ravens there yeah they have to have a certain number at all times mm-hmm and they're what? protected. They have a raven master. Yeah. There's they have like pet ravens. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be on the grounds and they have to have a certain I forget the number. It has to be like a certain amount at all times. Or the British a, monarchy will fall. Yeah, and it's like a there's a raven master. Mm -hmm. And like he tends the ravens. That's his job. Yeah, wow. he feeds them and yeah. Okay. Kate, you got to get in touch. You got to pull strings, do whatever your Slytherin tricks are. We want to interview that guy or gal. Uh, well, he, I will do what popular. I can. <laughs> I will figure out something. He randomly actually followed me on Twitter, like my old account. And I don't know why. I yeah, he did. <laughs> what? I don't know why, but I was very flattered. That was like better than any celebrity. Except yeah, Tom Hiddleston, right? like, was the Raven Master. Okay, so maybe power. you need to be reaching out and getting <laughs> oh, gosh. contact. Somebody has to make this happen. All right. Well, you know what? We can <laughs> write that down. Shit. I'm writing it down. Okay. So <laughs> the most interesting thing I found in terms of, like, Raven mythology outside of the Norse myths is... It comes from the Pacific Northwest indigenous peoples. So the raven has a very big role in these people's mythologies. Um, and I I would love to be able to say the name of these tribes and nations, but I almost feel it, it would be really disrespectful if I tried and really fucked it up. So... Yeah, I'm going to give you, looking at these names you wrote down in the notes, I'm giving you a pass on these. Right. So, wow. yeah, yeah. I, I would rather just include them in a big, respectful, you know, group rather than uh, <laughs> butcher their names in, you know. They're fascinating names, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Etymology. Woo! Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where do these so, names come from? That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Right? So the raven in these mythologies is not just... So it's actually the raven is the creator of the world, but it's also considered a trickster god. So <laughs> I will try this one. So in Tlingit uh, culture... There are two different Raven characters, and it's not always clear whether they're the same or, you know, they're uh, two different, two individual Ravens. But one is the creator Raven responsible for bringing the world into being and who basically is thought to have brought light to the darkness, and the other is the childish raven, always selfish, sly, conniving, and hungry. 
So when the great spirit created all things, he kept them separate and stored them in cedar boxes. Uh, The great spirit gifted these boxes to the animals who existed before humans. When the animals opened the boxes, all the things that comprised the world came into being. So uh, the boxes held such things as mountain, fire, wind, water, seeds for plants, and one box uh, was given to the seagull and it contained all the light of the world. And the seagull being the asshole that seagulls are. Yeah. Was like my box. I'm not going to open it. And he was clutching it under his wing. And so the world was in darkness and basically the people went all the other animals went to the Raven and said, come on, maybe you can get the seagull to, open it and release the light. So the raven begged, demanded, flattered, and tried to trick him into opening the box. And the seagull still refused. Finally, the raven just got really pissed off and grabbed a thorn and stuck it in the seagull's foot. (laughs) And the raven pushed the thorn in deeper and deeper until the pain caused the seagull to drop the box. And then out of the box came the sun, moon, stars that brought light to the world and allowed the first day to begin. Wow. Now, other stories tell of the raven stealing and releasing the sun, not unlike Prometheus uh, stealing light and fire from the gods. Okay. And giving it to humanity. And there's a story of the raven tempting the first humans out of a clamshell. Okay. And uh, so there's also a tradition where uh, the placentas of baby boys were exposed to ravens to encourage prophetic visions. Okay, that's and, just gross. Yeah, but apparently the, it's something that actually happens also in Scandinavia. I couldn't find further sources for this, but basically on the note of Raven belief syncretism, I say the fucking end. <laughs> and yeah. we'll be right back after this with <laughs> questions and shit. Okay. now return to the Drunk Mythology Gals for part two, questions and shit. I know we have some questions from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, Odin, so the ravens of Odin, Hugger and Mugger, are supposed to actually, they, they leave him every day? Yeah, they, he like, like they, they can speak to him, like he gave them the ability to speak. And so they gather all of the news from all the nine worlds all day and they come back to him at night and tell him everything. So that's how he kind of keeps up with the, with the news. Okay. And so that's what like the, the, there's like a stanza and it says, Hugh and Immunion fly each day over the spacious earth. And that Odin then says, I fear for Hugin that he come not back yet more anxious am I for Immunion, which is memory. Hmm. So that was the little interesting thing. So do they bring him the news of all the nine realms? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Exactly. So I'm trying to break down why would he be worried about their return? Well, I mean, I would speculate that it's common knowledge that these two ravens belong to him. And so if they observe something that, you know, somebody doesn't want Odin to know, obviously then try to get rid of these birds. But why would he have greater concern for memory? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. Well, so I, I mean, I have a theory about that and it's, a wild guess, but so Odin is usually depicted as older, right? Yeah. So what's one of the things that we lose as we get older? That's memory. true memory. And also I feel like it would connect to your wisdom. Everything that you gained, you lose. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Versus okay. thought. You you know, that's one thing, but memory, you thought lose is everything. An ability. Memory yeah. is a quantity. Yeah. Wow. So again, selfish motives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A plus he's, pet owner. Because he's always depicted with his two ravens. He also has two wolves, Jerry and Frecky. About- <laughs> oh is that really their names? What are the real yeah. names? No, that, that is their names. Jerry? Or or Gary, probably. It's G-E-R-I. Again, I know okay. I this. And okay. then Frecky, which is F-R-E-K-I. Okay. Yeah. I I can't get over. I'm and there's like a there's like a nice little picture of him with two ravens and two wolves, and he looks he looks very mighty, uh huh, on his throne. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, just based on all the things that you know we talked about, so we've got ravens as mediators of between like the living and the dead, with Odin being kind of a god of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thought memory um but also like to go out and like gather all the news and bring it back you also have to um there's almost like an analytical ability implied as well so i just find it really fascinating that you know the raven like corvid bird intelligence is something we've observed for thousands and thousands of years and now we actually get like a really cool scientific glimpse into what is actually behind it yeah and you know i think that's why i like the intersection of like history mythology and science because you know it's explaining things about the world mythology was like what we had before we had science right (laughs) (laughs) and like you said in the beginning this is pretty much global Mm -hmm. the observation of ravens and them being incorporated into local folklore and whatever Mm -hmm. it's global that's yeah yeah that's fascinating yeah Yeah. and And, you know similar stories as well exactly and you know even with you know, the story of the boxes. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of similarities to Greek mythology in terms of, you know, Pandora's box. Um, mm. The, you know, stealing of fire from the and light from the gods. Um, 
you know, and I'm just curious though, like, I remember in one of the episodes we were talking about the meaning of Loki's name. Yeah. And isn't one of it the potential meanings trickster? Like entangler, yeah, basically. Yeah. So is, I mean, is Loki associated with ravens at all? Uh, not really. I have heard sometimes crows, mm-hmm. but I feel, I don't know if there's anything academic to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. Didn't, yeah. Lo- didn't Loki turn himself into a bird at one point of some sort? Yeah, he turns into falcons or hawks. That's like uh, the bird raptors. that he, he becomes. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's his bird of choice. And that is. Well, all it needs right. to be speedy. He's all about the speed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it fits. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make use of that falcon cloak. <laughs> right? I'm I remember. still, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that one too. Yep. The so. raven, the falcon cloak. So yeah. I guess if you wanted to be like super smart for a day, you'd make a raven cloak. Yeah. But it is interesting, their use of birds for symbol and how they each pair mm-hmm. up with the personality of the god. Yeah. Yeah, because like Zeus is associated with the eagle. And, you know, Apollo, who, you know, one of his, mi- like I said, one of his minor functions is prophecy. So he's associated with ravens. And um, Hera has the peacock, which is... Mm-hmm. <laughs> ill-tempered and snappish (laughs) try and feed the peacock it'll still fucking bite you right (laughs) um but yeah so i thought that was you know i saw that article i'm like ooh, ravens that's cool (laughs) it is that's my goddamn contribution for norse vember (laughs) i love it voila And it, it, this wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Because it's indented. <laughs> this was entertaining and a lot of it was fascinating. Yeah. And I liked the little story with the boxes and the raven mm-hmm. had to try to convince the, the asshole seagull to, you know, to, to open the box. I know. And I love the fact that it finally lost its fucking temper. <laughs> stabs the seagull in the foot yeah raven must have been named kate i think so probably give me the goddamn box look i tried being nice (laughs) yeah but like now i kind of want to like go back down the raven hole of like the pacific northwest mythology to sort of see you know oh, yeah. how similar the stories are but anyway yeah so oh, i just bumped my pop filter sorry kim sorry <laughs> i'm trying to write a note <laughs> well and also you know ravens are and crows are considered spooky birds so i thought you know end of october early november would be kind of appropriate yeah. for that yeah perfect i love it so there we go so, Kate, are you drunk? Did you drink any of your coffee in Kahlua? Oh, I drank it all, and I'm not oh. drunk. Okay. I need to drink. I need to finish off my cup before we go to the grocery store. I think I'm 
happy. If I like tried to stand up, I'd probably have a realization of how much I actually have had already. But, <laughs> and just the fact that I am now rambling says, okay, yeah, I might, <laughs> I might be further along than I am giving myself credit. Okay. Somebody yeah, else Jen? talk. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine. <laughs> I would be very surprised uh, if I was, but rose hip tea and honey. <laughs> yeah, that's a party in a mug. <laughs> but is it in a drunk mythology gal's mug? It it isn't. Okay, we got to fix that because we now have a mug. <laughs> yeah, we we, we have two mugs. We have a general drunk mythology gal's mug, and we have a fuck the Romans mug, and the. Fuck the Romans mug has been posted on our social media. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. Oh, it makes great. me so happy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The yes, fact yes. that someone out there, you know, you can start your Monday. On Monday, you can have like your drunk mythology gal side out front. And then by Friday, you just turn it around and you're like, fuck the Romans. It's <laughs> oh, perfect. So, Absolutely. I yeah um, so what's coming I, up next week I, yeah that's uh it's again it's still norse vember so i am not sure <laughs> it's going to be something norse of course yeah <laughs> maybe a horse <laughs> oh my gosh the return said- of svadalfari no more horses i keep getting on horse tiktok because of this and it's really, it's really concerning for me. Horse talk? Yes, it is called horse talk. You, you mock, but it is a I real thing. I mock the horse talk? <laughs> I, I, I mean, You're done. There's only so much horse masturbation one can watch. <laughs> and that's, that's what it gives me. It, the algorithm is so smart. Is it? It's so specific. Is it? it? Hey, it's figured out. I've been getting, lately, I get book binding. I'm getting, like, historical houses, and I'm getting horse masturbation. Like, that's basically my brand. Um, okay, yeah, no, it's not wrong. It really is. And I have to keep saying not interested and it keeps thinking that i obviously am making a mistake that it knows me better than myself doesn't it because <laughs> it keeps trying doesn't it <laughs> i don't want that i'm well i i i yeah i mean i i'm happy for the people on horse talk obviously there's a real need for this information and i'm glad they have it i don't want it that's what she said so i'll I'll share one next time with you so then you understand okay i am not making this up you better share one with me in (laughs) fact you can share it to our social media scrolls (laughs) on instagram at drunk mythology gals on twitter at drunk myth gals on facebook (laughs) at drunk mythology gals on our new website at drunkmythologygals.com, where you can also get to our merch, including the Fuck the Romans mug and the Not to Scale t-shirt. Yes, I gotta post pictures of the t-shirts. We gotta show the unboxing videos. Yeah. Yes. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunkmythologygals. 
And a new email address came along with our website. I'm trying to talk too fast with this much vodka. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gals. This is a at... win for this episode. Gals at drunkmythologygals.com. Yes, I still have to check two email addresses now. <laughs> <laughs> Double the trolling. Hasn't happened for a while. Double the trolling. And oh. as always, uh, special thanks to Sound Effects Kim for putting the top spin on our sound. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review. We'd really love if you did that, especially if you like us. And <laughs> tell your friends and family about us, especially if they uh, won't give you uh, the box with the sun in it and you just feel the need to stab them in the foot with a thorn. Finally, always remember, if the gods can behave badly, then so can you. 